step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the music city. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Danielle Danana, Jonah Story, producer Calvin behind the glass there, and it is a Nashville strong kind of day. It is a Nashville strong kind of day, Glenn. It most definitely is. It was I a, can feel it. It was, a, it was a beautiful day out there today to help people and all their efforts and trying to get through the disaster recovery of which has struck our city, not just our city, but the, all of Middle Tennessee, our yep. entire area here. And it's it's one of those things that when we see these types of things happen, it's tragic. And then we also see how our community as a whole, whether it's the sports community, whether it's just the community in general, how we come together. And that is just something that is that gives me the chills right there is to see how many people come out in droves to help their neighbors. Yeah. And, and that's what has been so moving to me through all this and seeing the National Predators, seeing the Minnesota Wild, the Chicago Blackhawks, the, the National Hockey League, the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Sounds, Nashville SC. You're seeing the sports community really show out, but it's not just that, but that inspires others mm-hmm. to get out and be involved in it as well. And yes, yeah, we're sports talk, we're, we're hockey talk here, but community is important because without community, you don't have sports. Exactly. You don't have anybody going to those games. You don't have anybody gathering. Right. To cheer in front of for yeah. Right. So it's just been very inspiring to see how people have come together in a time of need, and to see the whole world looking at Nashville and going, "Wow, look look at these people Mm coming together." And we've seen it before. We saw it with the flood in 2010. How it didn't even make national news for two three days, and then we're over here taking care of our own because that's what we know how to do. We're the volunteer state. We come together. We, We when times are tough, we step up. That's just how we are here in, in Tennessee. And we, we've seen it with the, the tornado in 1998 that hit downtown Nashville. Well. I remember watching that in middle school, watching it live on TV happen, just like how we watched the tornadoes hit Birmingham uh, live on TV a few years ago. So it's just it, it, tragic to see, but inspiring to see how people have come together. And it's just amazing to me to, to see how quickly people have stepped up to make a difference. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it makes me so incredibly proud. I'm always proud to live here. Um, but it makes me especially proud when I see that. Um, it's one thing to see, you know, especially in the world of sports, you know, there's always there's that that competition and there's those rivalries and those are so fun in a game setting. But hockey has always found a great way to balance just that that competitive edge of the sport. But then the second that the game is over, you know, there's a lot of guys on teams that are friends with guys on teams that oh, they yeah. hate to play. and <laughs> And you just – when you see other teams that just, oh, they just hate coming to Bridgestone, you know, the fans are crazy and they just, it's so tough. When you see them step up so soon after a tragedy and say, I have your back, that is, in the sports world, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and today I actually stepped out um, and I'll try not to be emotional, but I can't help but be emotional because I stepped out today and I went to East Nashville um, and helped in a home, at someone's home. Um, my friend and I drove there and just parked the car and just picked a place to go because, you know, the city is 
yesterday it was a, it was a bunch of you know make sure you stay home the first responders need to do their thing and right. that's a hundred percent understandable and today I just still felt so helpless and so we went and you know we literally picked up people's lives in their front yard and it was incredibly sobering to you know I'm seeing receipts I'm seeing kids homework where they were learning how to write letters um in the yard you know and it's stuff that people have in their homes and their whole life is there and then in a few seconds their whole life is scattered in the yard for strangers to pick through and throw away um but it was incredible because like i said we went we picked a random street in east nashville went to the home people got to work there were chainsaws we were i was literally lifting tree limbs that i didn't even think i could lift and i'll probably feel that tomorrow but um i looked over when i was dragging a big tree across the street to this big pile and this man pulls up in a truck and he pulls out his grill and he pulls out a table and he puts buns and mustard and he starts grilling out for everybody that's helping just he just drove through the neighborhood and decided that he wanted to feed everybody there we see strangers walking by with pizza boxes water i mean this one small street in East Nashville, I saw so much life and it just reminded me of why I love living here. And that was just one small piece of what people are doing. People are just showing up. And I, the owner of the home came over to me and she had tears in her eyes and she said, you don't even know me and you're here. And it, it obviously it means the world to her, and it meant the world to me to see so many people out there doing the same thing. And, so, and that's what we're seeing happen. Pretty powerful. All over. We're yep. seeing it happen everywhere. That you, one one street, we're seeing it happen throughout Germantown, throughout East Nashville, throughout Donaldson, throughout Mount Juliet, Lebanon, Cookville. It's it's happening all over the place because we know how to come together. And you know, sports try to inspire us. A lot as well, and, and you see division rivals like the Minnesota Wild donating, and then Craig Leopold, who brought the Predators yep. to Nashville. That connection, there's this always that Nashville connection that with the, with the Minnesota Wild, with Craig Leopold still there, and obviously former players uh, and, playing there yeah. right now too. And, and then, after all those years, to still have such a right uh, connection to this city and wanting what's best for this city, to say, you know what, I'm going to match that twenty five thousand, yeah. and for the NHL to say, you know what. I want to help. We're going to match that 50. And the Blackhawks were the, splitting their 50 50, exactly. giving a portion of the proceeds there, too. It's, this, it's just this snowball effect when you, you people want to do good. And to see rivalry teams step up and be so proud to say, I'm here for you, it, that was incredible. That reminds me, too, of what sports truly is all about. Absolutely. It, it absolutely is. And it's just one of those things where we're all going to have our stories. And that's. What's going to be important to know is that share them, share your stories with the community, talk to talk to people about it. So it brings people together is to talk about what's going on. One, to make sure we never forget it, but two, to make sure we never forget the community that it brings together. Exactly. Just talking about this is healthy, making sure people know they're not alone mm-hmm. when what they're going through. I mean, this is affecting thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And all of you listening, you have a connection to this. Yeah. You may not even know it right now, but I'm sure there's someone you know in your circle that is directly affected by this, whether it was through damage or through their, their work or mm-hmm. through their school or through anything like that. We're seeing schools that were destroyed and it's thinking about what, what some of these schools are going through, like Donaldson Christian Academy and people coming together for them and, and what's going to happen with that to rebuild. Of course, we're going to rebuild West Wilson Elementary and imagining thinking that overnight it happened. Imagine if it was during the day. Yep. And you start thinking of all these things, all these scenarios and just 
be thankful for what you have and make sure you tell people that you care about them. If they mean something to you, make sure they know that and understand that. And also be sure you know you, you live your life. Mm-hmm. Live your life to your fullest. And that's what you're seeing so much of people, too, is that they're going on living by being a part of the community. Exactly. And, and I being think, a good neighbor. Yeah. If there's anything that I do want to make sure that I get this point across is that yesterday, like so many other people, I felt so helpless. I felt so helpless. I was sharing on social media all these ways that I could help, and I still felt helpless. Right. Right. And so right. for some people, it feels more comfortable to donate monetarily. And then for some people, it feels more comfortable to go out. I'm a very hands-on person. And I felt yesterday that I couldn't go out and do that. But I want to tell people that, like, don't let that deter you. They had to tell the city to stay back because first responders had a job to do. But don't let that deter you. You can still go help. I tried to get through the volunteer efforts on Hands on Nashville and couldn't because it got it crashed. And it's so that's packed. why <laughs> that's why we just said we'll just we'll just go. People obviously need help. So don't let any of that deter you if the sites go down. Get with your friends and say, what's important to us? What do we want to do? Do we want to help rebuild a school? Do we want to go to a neighborhood? Just go out there and however you feel connected to the city, whether it's through donations, through, you know, money, going to bring canned goods to Second Harvest, anything like that, just because that is that is exactly what that's what Nashville is. And that's what we need. And I think that whether you were directly impacted or not, I think that's what we all need. For me, that I needed that to heal, you know, and I want to continue to to get out to places and help because that helps me heal when I watch my city, you know, be able to be built back up and to heal as well. Absolutely. And there are so many ways that you can get involved. Like Glenn said, Hands on Nashville, the website kept crashing, but for good reason because people because were, just, people were, were yeah. flooding it, wanting to be involved and, and seeing so just many the group people of people over to help. In, in Cookville. That just lined up, lined up in troves coming out with with their trailers, with their chainsaws, just ready to go to work to help their neighbor. Mm-hmm. But there's ways you can get involved as well through HON.org. There's so many volunteer opportunities that are just popping up and you can fill those spots. And they're all filling up really quickly. But, you know, if you're whether you're in Wilson County, Davidson County, uh, Putnam County, wherever, you're able to get involved. Just f- Social media is where you can find it all now. I know we have plenty of listeners that aren't necessarily in the Nashville area or in the Middle Tennessee area. There's other ways you can get involved as well and obviously taking monetary donations. So Community Foundation Middle Tennessee has an emergency disaster relief fund going. Then Visit Music City, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, you can actually Venmo them. You can Venmo them. Visit Music City is their Venmo. And that's going to their 501c3 charitable foundation of the Nashville Convention Visitors Corp. And that's for tornado relief. You can also PayPal them at donate at visitmucacity.com. So there's so many different ways making it as easy as possible for people to be involved and to be a part of the relief efforts in any way they possibly can. And one of those things I know, so we can touch on hockey a little bit in our first segment here, the Nashville Predators, last night, unfortunately, were not able to get it done against Minnesota. Uh, It was a second end of a back-to-back, and I know people were really pushing and gunning for them to to want to get that victory because it was going to help the city. But there's so many other things Aside from that, too, I mean, this, the team is just so up and down right now as well. And I know Jonah was a little bit frustrating to go on there and see that it's two completely separate different kinds of things. So, Jonah, I want to hand it over to you before I have to go to break. I just have to say this. I, I got onto Twitter, and uh, I want to preface this with one of my favorite um, football teams of all time is the 2009 Saints because they won the Super Bowl after, you know, a few years after all the Katrina effects and fans said that that team was their hideaway from everything going on. And sometimes in sports, the script doesn't always write for this beautiful story. 
And sometimes, you know, there's no correlation between a hockey team struggling and a community struggling. And I just really wanted to put that out there. No, it makes perfect sense. And unfortunately, we're able to get that. But you know what? They're going to be back home tomorrow night. And you know darn well yep. people are going to come out and they're ready to, they're ready to have that experience to just, okay, we, we have two and a half hours. We can escape a little bit of what's going yep. on. And, and all be under the same roof, yep. pulling for the same thing. <clears throat> I mean, talk about community. Bridgestone Arena tomorrow is going to be community. It's You're going to feel that. Yeah. And if anything, I feel like they'll feed off that energy even more. Mm-hmm. Being at back at home because they oh, yeah. didn't, they didn't know what was going on. Well, yeah, they're flying, yeah, to Minnesota, and then you land. You're starting to figure out all these things are happening to your hometown. And again, it doesn't it doesn't separate out. Oh, this is a celebrity's house or anything like that. Because a Nashville SC player, his condo got partially destroyed. I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter I mean, who no you are. Weather, there's no bias when the tornado comes when, when weather's happening. So, and it's got to be tough to experience that when you're not even at home, right? To be with you know your friends and family and of course. your home your pets of course you know it's it's tough so of course so tomorrow night there's another opportunity predators have the home and home with the dallas stars coming up so very challenging games coming up for them but other opportunities because those games and hands are disappearing and they need to take advantage of every opportunity they possibly have and i know it's been a struggle bus the past three games after having three good games for they get points so we'll see what happens there mm-hmm. uh, and i know it's tough, it's tough to go to break, but we're, we have so much more hockey to talk about because in, in our next segment, we're going to talk about more local stuff going on. And it was a big deal because the Brentwood High School, they won their third state championship in a row, and Harris Smith's going to join us there. And then after that, Cam Mecca of South Carolina Hockey is going to join us because South Carolina is going to regionals along with three other SECHC teams playing in Tampa for a chance to go play for a national championship in Frisco, Texas. So lots of good hockey talk coming up here. But, Glenn, it's it's been... It's been a little rainy. It's been a little under the weather a here. Gross. A little gross outside. But, you know, it's not going to be gross in July when you can take a cruise with hockey fans. Bye, bye, bye. That is amazing. Oh, man, we needed that. <laughs> we, 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 we needed that. Yes. Thanks, Calvin. There we go. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to party now. Party on a ship. He's always got party on Wayne. <laughs> He's oh, always man. got our best interest at heart. <laughs> oh, that was Jonah. Oh God. Okay, hockeyfancruise.com. You can join Penalty Box Radio, Ships and Trips Travel, and Royal Caribbean taking a cruise on the Liberty of the Seas to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Roatan, Honduras. It is going to be a fantastic time. We have two special VIP guests joining us: Stu Grimson, yes, the Grim Reaper, former National Predator and current NHL Network analyst, and then Lindsey Raleigh, who's with Fox Sports Tennessee. You see her on the TV. All the time. They're both going to be on the ship with us. We're going to have cocktail parties. We're going to have trivia nights. We're going to have Q&A sessions, so you really get to know them as well. And three private skating sessions on the ship. Yes, they have an ice rink on the ship, and we get to skate on it. So, HockeyFanCruise.com. Book now, because the price is going to go up on March 14th. So, book now to lock in your rate, because we lose that really good rate we have on March 14th. Okay, up next, we are going to talk with Harris Smith. He is with Brentwood High School. State champs, three-peat. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here in ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell here. Producer Calvin behind the glass, always dropping them beats. 
I always bring it consistently. I got to pat myself on the back. That's Lil Baby, by the way. My first Lil Baby on this show. Oh. There it goes. Not Dub Baby, Lil Baby. Oh, I was about to say. I was like, I thought we've heard him. There's so many babies out there right now. (laughs) Hold on. There goes the humble. He's patting himself on the back. I would pat him too if there. (laughs) And with the audio clip too. If there wasn't glass, I would pat you too. Well, thank you. As always. Wouldn't be a pat for me. Rude. Oh, the look on his face really changed. There you go. All right. Well, really excited to have our next guest on. Big time, big time news with, with local hockey here. Brentwood High School, a three-peat winning against NBA to win the Predators Cup State Championship. Third time in a row, six overall. We have Harris Smith from Brentwood High School. Harris, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. So first, let's just start off with an easy question. What does it feel like for you to have that three-peat there to, to help lead your program into that? Um, you know, it's huge. Um, I really don't have too many words for it, but, um, you know, it was really cool to have my name on that and be a part of that. Um, (laughs) you're still at a loss for words over what happened, right? So the atmosphere there, I mean, those fans that that you got to experience there too, and both fan bases, I mean, it brought to make it an awesome atmosphere back and forth, chanting and cheering and everything. How does it help you guys feed on the bench off that energy? Oh, um, you know, our section, I love our section so much. I love all the kids that come out to the games. They're the funniest kids. You know, I just look over and they make me laugh. It's a little distracting, but, you know, it's good to have them on your side. So, okay, so speaking of that, distracting, is there something with crustaceans in Brentwood High School? What, what is what, the first game, there was a lobster on the ice, and then the state championship game, there was a whole bag of shrimp. I... I, I said no. I told him no, but... You know, they did it anyway. Is that, is that the Brentwood take on the catfish? Um, is, I think a few kids went fishing, but they couldn't catch anything. Oh my goodness! Well, I saw the Publix, <laughs> makes me hungry. Yeah, I saw the Publix bag for the for the shrimp, and they're jumbo shrimp. Those are those cheap. are the good ones. Yeah, it's like twelve ninety nine. They spent on that. I don't know the lobster too. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, but seeing that too, and does is it make you guys kind of smile though when you see the big head blow ups and everything too for you guys supporting you? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'll want to talk about the experience for you this is less you know this is more of like specific to you not necessarily the whole team so you've got a squad of brothers on this team right so you grew up in a house playing with them I would imagine and then now you're playing alongside them on this team so one I want to know what does that mean to you personally to have them alongside you but also is there like does that provide more of like a competitive edge you know because like these are your brothers, and you probably grew up playing competitive hockey against each other, right? Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I was more happy for my brothers than, like, for myself. Um, I was so happy for my little brother because, you know, he got his first he got his first title. And I, I, I was just so I, I was just so proud of him. You know, he, he came and he worked really hard. He had a great playoff run. He had a great season. Um, you know, and Clayton, Clayton, too. Clayton worked really hard. Um, he's more of a football player and a wrestler, but, you know, he did what he needed to do. Um, he was, he was very disciplined and he did his job well. Is there something about having them on the ice with you that kind of gives you that extra boost sometimes? Um, because they're your brothers, you know, that's your family. A few times, a few times during the season, if, if Larson will get hit, I, I would just get so mad and then (laughs) I would kind of go after the kids that hit him and, you know, that, that got me a few penalties this season, but, um, that's what I feel like. I mean, to be honest, I I don't have any brothers. I have a sister, and I feel like if you know if we were competitive on a team together, and someone touched her, I would be, 
I would I would turn into a different person. I would <laughs> I might I might reach another level, you know, that I that I didn't have before. So yeah, that's my baby brother. So I got to watch out for him. Yeah. So again, Harris Smith joining us from Brentwood High School, three Pete with the state champions, six overall for Brentwood hockey. The, a big time, big time win there for Brentwood. So got to turn and ask this now, if, if folks that may not know, the way that it works is a double elimination tournament, and so y'all were just plowing through this tournament, and then NBA was part of the loser's bracket coming in, and they had to win to basically get there to play you guys. And so you could tell they probably had a chip on their shoulder. I mean, Brentwood has beaten NBA before in the state championship game, and so there's some there's some chips on the shoulder, maybe some blood there in just terms of the team atmosphere like that. But it, it wasn't the best game that you guys had in the first game of the Preds Cup. So rebounding from a loss like that, just what was the goal overall for you guys in the locker room? Was it one of those things you just going to forget it, or do you review it, see what you guys did wrong, and you wanted to correct those things? What was the game plan going into where you guys were able to seal it? Well, that game was very, very embarrassing afterwards. Um, I was really upset about it, but you know, the best thing for us to do was to forget about it. And what we did is we got together as a team. You know, uh, we went out to dinner and we just had a really good time. Um, you know, we cut loose, relaxed, and just kind of put it in the past. And I feel like that was very um, detriment. Um, that was that was very important for like the win that we had. Um, you know, I, I think I think we came in relaxed and you know just ready to play, um, the ne- the day after. And so when we see this so much too in, in high school hockey, there's there's a big. I mean, you have seniors and you have freshmen. In terms of just levels, there's huge differences just in terms of you know maturity sometimes, all these things like this. But what I see in high school hockey is that a great source of mentoring, where you know upper class it doesn't matter what class you are, you're a team, you're a family. Is that the same for Brentwood High School? And, and if so. What is that like in the beginning of the season to make sure people are feeling welcome on the team to make sure that you're mentoring them to make sure that you can be competitive but also feel like that they're a part of this program? Well, yeah. Um, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is how young our team is. Um, we only had two seniors this year. It was really important for me to, like, you know, build up build up the guys, the younger kids, you know, give them confidence. Um, you know, the past the past two years we've lost 22 players. So it was it was huge for me to, like, you know, kind of build up the the younger kids. You know, give them confidence to play, make them comfortable. You know. Um, so what what is it then in the beginning of the season? I mean, what do you guys just have dinners? What what are the, some of the processes like? Because I'm sure it's different for every team. But what do you guys make sure you do to just get everybody together at the start, like in in the fall? Um, you know, we had a few team dinners. Um, there's there's a real uh, there was a real good core group. We would we would go eat uh, before or after a game. We would just have so much fun, and we would go and play. We would play games in the um, in the parking lot after practice, <laughs> and it was just I, I would just be belly laughing, and like my stomach would be hurting because we'd be laughing so much so hard, and I, we just had so much fun, and you know we just had a we just had a really good core group. And so back to family and everything too. And your start, what got you into hockey? What got you into wanting to play hockey? Well, um, my parents got, uh, they had season tickets to the Preds games since, um, you know, the beginning, the first season. So um, I, I'd been kind of watching the Preds since I was like, you know, a baby. Um, I, I really didn't get into playing ice hockey until I was about eight. But before that, I was always playing street hockey with my dad, my brothers, um, you know, and then we segued into playing inline and then it just graduated into ice hockey and then it just went from there. So if... Because we ought to end it here, but if you had one wish, I guess, for hockey and everything, especially in your area, what would that wish be? What, what do you want in your area? Oh, oh we definitely need more ice. There more ice in Williamson County, for sure. <laughs> there it is. Hey, Williamson County officials, if you're listening, 
Get that ice cut. Get the, get it done. Get it done. You got to come together for for people like Harris and for his brothers. They're asking her, for they're it. They're asking they for it. it. They need it. Yeah. They, they need ice in yeah. Williamson County so so we can continue to grow hockey because, hey, it's a great sense of brotherhood and, and friendship and family, and that's what we want in sports as well is to have people be able to experience that. Well, Harris, congratulations, and thank you so much for joining us. We really Thanks appreciate so it. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Okay, up next, we're going to switch to college hockey here. We have Kim Mecca of the University of South Carolina coming on to talk about the regional tournament coming up next weekend here on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Daniel Danana, Jonah Story, Calvin Smith behind the glass. What's that one? Hey. I think Glenn knows this one. Yeah. I know this one. This one is Post Malone. Because he's at. I'm so proud of you. He's, I know. I never know any of Calvin's jams, but he's at Bridgestone right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Old Posty. Old Posty. Posty's at Bridgestone. Posty. And I can like you that name little... the song, though? Can you name Rock the song? Star. Okay, good. Yes. Right? I'm yeah. so proud right now. Oh, I find so good. I go. love Post Malone's voice. Okay. All right. He so also, I'm going to pat myself on the back. You guys are up before my eyes. Doesn't he also love Red Lobster? <laughs> He's so proud. Post he lo- Malone loves Red Lobster. He actually, loves, Does he like he the- actually loves Olive Garden. Olive Garden? Oh, it's yeah. Olive Garden. Oh, okay. okay. Olive Garden. The other one. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same level for me. <laughs> Jonah keeps us in check along with Kevin. Yeah, totally does. Okay. Switch to college hockey here. On the line with us right now is Cam Mecca with South Carolina. Going to talk about regionals coming up here. Cam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. How's everyone doing? Uh, we're doing great, man. I'm sure and there's more excitement level for, for you guys just because pretty big games coming up for you guys this weekend. I mean, the SECH is well represented, the South Regionals. But just first of all, just what's going through your mind as South Carolina is preparing to, to go up and compete for a spot to play in the national tournament? Oh, uh, we're pretty excited. Um, you know, we you know we left with a bad taste in our mouths in the SEC. You know, got out in the first round after that first loss to Auburn, so... Uh, we knew going into this tournament we wanted to have a little bit different approach and really take care of business after the first game. So um, we've been having some good practices this week. We're actually on our way out to our practice right now, uh, our last one before we head up, out to Tampa on Saturday morning. And you, you spoke of that with SECs and everything too, but knowing that you guys with the position that you were in and having a very, very good season – did that kind of alleviate a little bit of that frustration of, of losing the SEC tournament, knowing that, hey, we still have more hockey to play? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, you got to try and not keep your heads down in times like this because, you know, it's just, you know, it's not what we wanted, but it's also not the end of the road either. So we knew that, you know, our season was still ahead of us and we knew we still had some important games coming up, you know, to still give us a good ranking, and which, you know, we were luckily enough lucky enough to end up as a third seed so um but yeah we just had to keep our you know stay positive after the loss and you know just continue to play our games like we know how to do the whole season and cam i want to expand on that a little bit when you talk about having to stay positive after those losses this is something that you know has been a a a very discussed topic here in nashville lately with the predators you know that that mindset is necessary in order to take your team all the way, that positive mindset and that confidence. So looking ahead for you to regionals, 
One, how is your team preparing themselves mentally for this competition? And also, how are you preparing yourself personally for this in your game? Um, you know, I think we had a, a pretty big understanding that this week was going to be a big week of practice. So uh, we knew we had to stay focused and, you know, get good reps in, you know, not just go through the motions in practice and, uh, you know, stay focused on you know, our game Saturday night and take it a game at a time. We don't want to look too far ahead either, uh, you know, get ahead of ourselves because I think we've had a – I think that was part of the problem heading into the SECs. We were just looking ahead and ended up losing that first one. So uh, taking care of business just Saturday night, one game at a time, is going to be really important. And I think our, our preparation, you know, getting good sleep the next few days and uh, staying out of trouble too. So I think we'll – and I think we'll end up being fine for that first game. Staying out of trouble, you guys. Are you saying that the Gamecocks are a little rowdy sometimes? <laughs> oh, come on, never. We would never do that. <laughs> hey, I, oh, I know. I, I see. I watch on Instagram. <laughs> hey, the you, best social media team in the league. Uh, yeah, you, you guys love to have fun there. So, so what's this experience yeah. been like for you in your college hockey career, playing for South Carolina? And it's something I always love to ask because it's one of those things. It's a sense of pride in being able to represent your university, playing the sport you love. So, what's that experience been like? for you um honestly it's been the best case scenario uh you know coming in last year wasn't really i didn't really know what to expect heading into it and you know we had a pretty decent season we turned things around from apparently the season before that and then heading into the season didn't really know what to expect either with you know the amount of guys we had trying out so but so far it's been especially this year has been unbelievable you know we're having six seven hundred fans at our games every home game so uh i was never really going to expect that at all from playing hockey in south carolina but (laughs) you know things work in funny ways so it's been honestly best case scenario you know to represent the school and something a little bit different than some of your other main sports is pretty cool too and 700 fans every game, that's quite impressive for college hockey. And I'm sure with that growth, there's also been this fire that's kind of lit under the team, seeing those stands fill up. For your fans that might be traveling you traveling with you guys down to regionals, it's got to be exciting. How much of a boost is it to see those fans and to see them traveling with you like they did to SECs and like there probably will be some fans traveling with you guys to regionals? Uh, it's been awesome. You know, you know, the amount of support we have, around columbia and even in the towns like irmo and lexington is just it's crazy and even outside of the area you know like you said people coming and watching us in nashville uh it's been pretty awesome to see and i think we owe a lot to that a lot of that too our social media team being able to broadcast everything out get the fans you know the information they need on time so and our broadcast team, too, uh, you know, they stream all of our home games and even our away games they come to and they do the radio. So uh, a lot of that, you know, I don't think without having that that we would have the fan base that we have. And I think it's and it's really cool to see how loyal our fans are even, you know. We, we did a jersey sale, and I think we sent you know, some jerseys out to Ohio. Uh, our president told me I think he sent a jersey out to Alaska. It's like, you know, that's crazy. So, um, But it's really cool to see, and... You know, we really appreciate the support. You have 18 goals and 11 assists this year for 29 points, with just a little over uh, your last year total. What about your game has changed for, to allow you to elevate your play to a new level for the Gamecocks? Um, honestly, I got 
I have to give shout outs to my line mates. Um, I've been playing with Ronan Egan and Owen Thomas all year, and uh, we've been clicking all season, having you know really good success on the ice. And uh, I don't think I would be you know in that position where I'm at without having them on the ice with me, and even you know just the other players that I have stepped up to. Um, it's a completely different team than what we've had last year. You know, we have pretty much all sophomores and freshmen. So uh, it's pretty cool to see uh, us doing as well as we are with a lot of the young success. And again, Cam Mecca of the University of South Carolina Gamecocks joining us right now. And so in the first game on day one of the regionals, you're playing College of Charleston. So they're an in-state team for you. But what do you know about them and what are you looking forward to in, in playing against them? Um. Uh, I honestly don't know that much about them. Uh, you know, you know, me personally, I don't really try to think about it too much. You know, you know the opponents and just focus out there and you know playing our game that we need to play. And I think there's you know a pretty good understanding in the room that as long as we take care of business and play the game that we've been playing all season, that uh, we're going to get the job done. So, um, but as a, you know, as a team, we need to just stay focused and you know, like I said earlier stay focused on that first game, first period, right from the puck drop, playing the whole 60-minute game. And and got to ask you before we have to let you go, too. Your coach, uh, Al, he he played some hockey before, too, and you, you can kind of tell. what What's it like playing for him? Because he seems like a pretty intense coach, but also that he seems like a really a player's coach as well. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know, he's, I feel like he's got the perfect balance of, you know, keeping us locked in, but, you know, knowing when to have fun when the time is right. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, you, you know, there's a time to be serious and a time to, you know, have a good time. And Al, I feel like because he's been, he does a really good job of that. But giving us some leeway when he knows we need it. And then, you know, also keeping us in check too. So, but it's so far, um, Al's been great to play for. Uh, I think a lot of the guys in the room would agree with it would agree with me uh and i think we're excited to have him lead us into regionals yeah absolutely and alan uh, sirwa i mean he played the a he played in ec uh so it's 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 great to see that but also i gotta ask you i don't think he wants anyone to ever repeat the penalty minutes he got in 95 96 playing for a mooski <laughs> right in 127 penalty minutes that was pretty pretty amazing there i don't think he wants anybody like that for you guys to repeat that right <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I feel like you know we have a couple guys. I think me and Ronan are up there. I don't even know uh, how many we have, but definitely not anywhere near him. But I, don't, I definitely don't think that that would help our cause either. <laughs> no, no, he, he definitely but, earned those too for the type of player he he was. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Cam, oh, yeah, he definitely did. Well, Cam, thank you so so much for joining us. And hey, I'm going to be flying down there Friday. I can't wait to see you guys in action on Saturday night in Tampa, taking on Charleston. So really excited and proud of you boys for representing the SCCHC and thanks much for your time awesome thank you so much i really appreciate the call absolutely folks that is cam mecca he's with the university of south carolina gamecocks they're heading down to tampa to play in the acha south regional so other teams that are playing there florida gulf coast university university of central florida then uh, embry riddle aeronautic university taking on georgia tech and secchc school florida atlantic taking on mississippi a rematch of round one in the secchc tournament and then south carolina Charles, excuse me college of charleston it's a lot of c's right there 
So, yeah. <laughs> Awful. I, I was like, wow, that's going to be tough. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll be heading down there to, to cover that and also just do commissioner duties as well because half of the field is made up of SECHC teams, so I'm really, really proud of that fact that half the field down there is made of SECHC schools. So that'll be down in Tampa over the weekend. And, yeah, so up next we have some questions to answer, maybe some fun ones as well. That'll be up here next on Penalty Box Radio ESPN 102.5 The Game. Penalty Box here to hear an ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Daniel Donetta, Jonah Story, Calvin Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I know quite a few of the songs tonight. This is good. Yeah. We're and that roll. one is California. Bingo. <laughs> Tupac featuring Dr. Dre. Yep. You guys are officially pros. Yep. Oh, if I didn't know that we one, good. if I didn't know that we Jeremy good. Gover would kill me, <laughs> <laughs> he might straight up kill me. I'd be done dead. <laughs> All right. Neat stat. Neat stater. Mm-hmm. Rem Pitlick, Preds prospect, playing for Milwaukee Admirals, becomes the first Admirals rookie with 20 goals since Victor Arvidsson oh. in 14-15. Look at that. Good for him. just tweeted that. So Rem Pitlick making a good push. And people asking, well, where's Rem Pitlick? He's proven himself down in Milwaukee right now, too, and I don't think he's right. doing work. Yeah, he's not the time to bring him up necessarily right now, potentially later in the season, depending on how injuries may shape up, things like that. But he's certainly going to be battling for a spot next season, whereas... Trennan, Yakov Trennan, I think he's proven now the consistency when he stayed as healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good rookie season. It's building the like, confidence for Rem Pitlick right now. That is awesome to see. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, playing your best down there is what gets you oh, yeah. up to the Predators. So exactly. he's doing exactly what he needs to do where he needs to do it right now. And especially with how slow his season started. Mm-hmm. But once he scored, he's boom, on a he roll. Yeah, good for him. That's I mean, exciting. I mean, granted, Victor Arvin's had a rough season this year so far, but that's a pretty good thing to emulate is the first oh, yeah. one. And so in six seasons since Victor Arvidsson. To that pull says it you're on the right rookie. track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he had that mental block and couldn't get those goals, and now he's pushing through that and proving he Absolutely. can, he's yep. developing, he's doing good. You want to yep. see that, and you want to give him that time before you pull him up and say, hey, you couldn't score, you did. Spotlight's on you now. So first question comes in from Predwin14. Why? Just why? Well, well, that's a very good question. That's a deep question, and my answer, my answer is they're just not good enough. At all. Like, they're not playing well enough. They're not. They're not. That's, and that's I, the why. I think that they have <laughs> passed that point where all of us have said, well, we know, we, know what they, we know what this team is. We know what they can do. But can they? they they're not doing it. Zero they're signs not doing October. it. Zero signs since October. And so I think we've kind of passed that point of being able to say, well, we know who they are on paper, but paper does not matter because no. game after game, I mean, they're they're far in now and they're showing us that maybe that's not what this team is capable of this year. I don't know. And on paper in the past, they've been absolutely incredible. But Adam Vinken had a good tweet today. The stats prove that they're a 500 team. They are the yep. definition of mediocre and they have those awful games. Then they have games where they step up, but there's no consistency. And a 500 team, they're not going to push for the playoffs. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no motivation. And it doesn't – go ahead. I think you can summarize the entire season in three words that begin with C. Competitiveness, complacency, and the word that Danielle just said, consistency. And that summarizes the entire 
2019-2020 season for the Preds. Good way to put it. That was actually very good. I, when you said three words, I was like, oh, okay. that's great. No, I thought it was why, just why. <laughs> but you actually had a fantastic answer. No, that's, that. a, that's a really good way to put it. And that's, I, I tweeted out last night, but I already booked my travel for the draft mm-hmm. <laughs> for Montreal because there was a sale going on WestJet. And figured, oh, gotta get well. it. book it now. Got an Airbnb in the Notre Dame de Grasse neighborhood. Ooh, that sounds fancy. That's nice <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's a very English-friendly neighborhood. Hopefully there's good there. When I research. Lots of food, but around off the go. metro. But I'm looking forward to it because, granted, they didn't get draft picks back in, in the trade deadline like we were mm-hmm. you know, kind of expecting, maybe, if they were selling. But they still have their first-round pick. They have two seconds, one of those being New Jersey's meaning it's going to be very high in the second, and two-thirds. So in the first three rounds of the draft, the Predators have five. That's a really good opportunity for things to happen, for them to make some waves and restock in the cupboard. Also, given the team's performance so far this season, I bet something's going to happen again at the draft. You don't <laughs> say. Some moves. Like, something about something going to go down. Yeah. I would expect the draft to be the place because the general manager's getting together and talking. So I will do my best to be full insider for you and tell you who at the Preds table is getting a chocolate chip cookie and then what mm, type of chips they're going to eat. Chocolate chip cookie? That is the content I provide you at the draft, folks. That's fantastic. Will you get me one? There's actually Sneaking a... Across borders? Right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So next question. Is, draft lottery question. comes in from, well, let's see. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, The there draft is. lottery yeah. question. Yeah, it's the Jordan. perfect time. Yeah, Jordan. Who would you choose as a celebrity representative for the Preds at the draft lottery? There's talk of the LA Kings getting Will Ferrell to be their celebrity representative. Uh-huh. So who would be Nashville's? I think for the Preds, for me, I would have to say Vince Gill. He's been there since the beginning, and it's like... It's Vince Gill. Are, are there, the are there people going to know Vince Gill at the draft? Doesn't matter. Okay, you make a very good point. <laughs> Dear God, Jonah, I would think so, though. What do you have? <laughs> George Kittle. <sighs> what? <laughs> okay. I would say, I think that people would know Vince Gill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up in the 80s. And no, I, he no, was I think here we all get it. I'm not. Well, I'm, well, yeah. I'm curious about there. But it is. Then again, I grew up in Mississippi, so, you know. Mississippi. <laughs> Danielle, do you have one? How about we send Justin Bradford, the man himself? Oh, like, there you go. I thought you were going to say Justin Bieber because he's a... <laughs> I was like, wait, what? That's it. I'm doubling your pay, Danielle. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, what I meant to say was <laughs> Justin B. Bradford oh, okay. is who I would say. Right. The pay has been doubled to one extra cheese stick and a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Predlines is asking, too early to start assessing the decision to fire Laviolette midseason rather than before the season or waiting it out until this upcoming offseason. I think you have to evaluate that more so after next season, if anything, too. I mean, to get into next season to see how that's going. Mm-hmm. Because even if this season ends, John Hines is never able to fully implement his system into place. And is that partly John Hines' fault? Probably. I mean, if you, it's everyone's fault. Mm-hmm. This season is everyone's fault. They're all to blame. <laughs> everyone's guilty. Coaching, it's even Justin B. Bradford. It it's everybody's fault. fault. It's my fault. I'm docking my pay. It's, it's my fault. And I'm it's upping my, my pay. It's, it's coaching's fault. It's forward's fault. It's defenseman's fault. It is goaltender's fault. And every single game where something's gone wrong, it's one of those things that's happening that they cannot play consistently, mm-hmm. and so it's, they all can take the blame for it. You can't just put it on one single person or one single unit overall. They all messing up. Yeah, th- and this I, season. I think with any coaching situation in any sport, it's very very hard to gauge whether this was a great decision or not. 
after a little bit of time. Like usually right. you've got to get in a season's worth, in my opinion, get to be able a, to say, camp, maybe. now maybe the question is not even about Hines, it's about firing Lavillette, but I guess unless he just blew it up and hadn't lost the game since then, maybe you could say, well, didn't, wasn't half bad, you know, right. but at this point it's kind of hard to say. I think it, when it comes to coach firings, we're not used to it in a hockey market in Nashville. You know, I can tell how old I was by, you know, who was coaching the Titans, but... <laughs> Don't remind me how young you are. I can't. <laughs> you know, I believe in this market. We're not really sure how to take coaching changes from a fan standpoint. I mean, it's, it's still new overall. It is very A lot of new. things, because just recently did the Titans start making more changes yeah, yeah. Uh, with coaching staff and the Predators side. I mean, it's going to be a thing when David Poyle, it, whether he retires or is let go, which most likely going to be the former mm-hmm. uh, in the way that it's going to go. It's going to be major change. And it was tough during the trots era ending. I mean, he stood up and shook every media person's hand at his press conference when he's leaving. So it's just, mm-hmm. it is definitely different here in Nashville. Before we have to go, this one comes from Kat. Black raspberry or cookie dough ice cream? I feel very passionate about this. Cookie dough all the way. Oh, I feel very every passionate day. about black raspberry. I like really tart stuff. Okay. Wait, hold oh, on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what flavor of ice cream? Black, black raspberry. 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 What is that? And it, is it even in the same stratosphere as cookie dough? Um, it's beyond <laughs> the stratosphere. Of I've never even heard of that because it's fight, so fight, delicious. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, y'all. Nothing is better than cookie dough. I'm I got not my gonna fist balled up, Calvin. What? Go ahead. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I was afraid to eat sal- I was afraid to eat cookie dough ice cream growing up because oh, I thought gosh. I was gonna get salmonella off of it. Oh my god! And gosh. so therefore, my mama was always like, "Do not." <laughs> Do not eat that ice cream. It, the the cookie dough might not even be real. And so, with that answer, and I'll anytime I see cookie dough ice cream, I choose black raspberry. Thank you. Well, here, here we go. I have to go with moose tracks. Sorry, it's but not that a choice. Wasn't on there, cat. Cat, you got cheated out of no, Justin's okay. answer. I choose between the, if I choose between you do because that's the only one. It's cookie dough because we you. we we went full out and got graters. Actually, we got some graters cookie dough ice cream that's six fifty a pint, fifteen dollars for a half gallon ice cream for the weekend because YOLO. And so we went and Calvin did it. and I are coming over and cookie dough. Well, I'm actually really excited. This works out well because if we brought this to the studio, we wouldn't all be wanting the same thing. That's very right. Good. That's very so. Good. Folks, Balance. thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure if you want to help for disaster relief, HON.org, Hands on Nashville. You can also donate at the, gosh, Community Foundation, <laughs> Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. Make sure CMFT.org there as well. Thanks so much for tuning in for Daniel Dana, Jonah Story, Calvin Smith, Glenn Blackwell. This is Justin Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio. ESPN 125 The Game.